welcome to Bangor Community Church Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed today as you hear the Word of God. The title of my message is, Faith Does Not Limit God. How about that, Dan? Faith does not limit God, or faith has no limits. Let's pray as we come to the Word. God, we just thank you for your Word today. We thank you that your Word speaks. Hallelujah. That you give revelation by your Holy Spirit of this Word to every heart and my heart today as we minister in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, so we've been doing a series on faith. I think this is the fifth week I've been teaching. Robin's brought a word, so we've, and Pastor has brought a word. So we've pr- probably done about seven weeks on faith. That's good. Amen? Who is being challenged to walk the faith walk? Anybody? Good. Hallelujah. And, um, you know, we can always learn more about what it is to please God because that's walking by faith. You know, Hebrews 11, verse 6, our foundation scripture says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. And we want to be pleasers of the Lord, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. He's a rewarder. He's a good God. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And... um, You know, God hasn't planned for his people to aimlessly go from one day to the next, just drift along, okay, Sarah, whatever it will be. No, we have to live our lives on purpose. You know, God um, breathed us into being. He planned us before the foundation of the world. We're not here by accident. We're not on this planet by accident. Nobody is, but God has given us the free choice, every human being the free choice. Now, we today have said yes. And so because we've said yes and we're now in the kingdom of God does not mean then we just, oh, we're okay, we're in the ship, now we're going to heaven. No, God, we've said yes to God, and so it's, Lord, not my will, but yours, your will be done. What do you have for my life? What am I doing? And sometimes I've noticed in my life I can be focused, very focused, and maybe a period I'm not so focused. You know, generally I am quite a focused person, but... We have to be careful not to fall into that, you know, place of one day drifts to another, drifts to another, drifts to another, because it's a ploy of the enemy. Now, we're here on purpose. God has a plan for each of our lives. So I'm challenging this morning, what are the desires of your heart? Because God put them there. What are the dreams in your heart? Because God put them there. Amen? Sorry, we're just releasing the the youth at this time. God put all those dreams in our heart. What is it that you want to accomplish? What's God put in your heart? What What are you? Uh, what is your? What are your goals? What What are you? Your a burning desire that you're wanting to accomplish. You're wanting to see, because again, it's by God. Hallelujah. So just before we go any further, I just want uh, Ryan's going to play a video here. It's about six minute long, and uh, let it speak. going, man, what am I going to look forward to at the end? I'm going to bring an illustration that this is like the first illustration I did. It was 20 years ago, but I can't think of a better way to, to explain it. Um, 
I actually didn't use a rope back then. I used a, remember, a, remember computer paper when uh, it was all stuck together and it had the holes on the side that you had to peel off? Remember that? I remember getting a, a roll, and some of you guys have no idea what I'm talking about, which is crazy to me, but because uh, that was the best, you know? And, um, and it never worked right because the rolling things, but, uh, but I, I, had, I remember being a youth pastor and I put uh, that computer paper all the way around the room and... Uh, but I'm going to use a rope now because I can't find that computer paper. Um, imagine this rope. Okay, pretend this rope just goes on forever. Okay? Just imagination. Pretend it goes around the world a few times. It doesn't. It ends at the rock. But uh, let's just imagine this thing goes on forever. Now, imagine that this rope is a timeline of your existence. You just exist forever. You see this red part? This would represent your time on earth. You've got a few short years here on earth, and then you've got all of eternity somewhere else. This is, this is your existence. And what blows me away is some of you, all you think about is this red part. It's all you think about. You're consumed with this. You go, oh man, I can't wait till here. You know, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to save, save, save so I can really enjoy this part right here. <laughs> and you're consumed with that. And you're thinking, oh man, am I going to get to travel? Am I going to eat well? Am I going to do this during this part? And I'm like, are you kidding me? What about this? What about this? What about, what about all this stuff? It's, just, it's crazy to me because the Bible teaches that what I do during this little red part determines how I'm going to exist for millions and millions and millions of years forever. And, and so why would I spend this little red part trying to make myself as comfortable as possible, enjoying myself as much as I can, Paul says, look, I'm going to live my life for this mission. I'm going to spend my life, invest my life for this moment when I cross that finish line. See, I'm going to forget about all this stuff I could enjoy, and I'm not going to look around. I'm going to be like a runner just looking at that moment when I face God because when I face him, then I don't get this chance over again. We get one chance at this life on earth, and it can end at any second for any of us. We've got one chance at this, and then comes eternity. And I'm not going to be fooled. I'm not going to spend my life down here. See, people look at some of my decisions and go, oh, you're so stupid because that's going to really affect this. I go, no, you're stupid because it's going to affect all of this. Man, I, I, I'm serious. I, I look. I look at the way people live and I go, wow, that is so crazy. You are so crazy. You're going you're gonna to do that right now. Just to enjoy right now. Not even knowing if you have tomorrow and you think that's smart and that I'm dumb, it doesn't make any sense. Paul goes, I'm not going to look around at all this stuff. And it's tempting. It's tempting to all of us. That's what I'm saying. Down here, it's crazy because everyone lives that way. Everyone lives for the red part. No one's thinking about the millions of years afterwards. It's, it's just this crazy deception that we can't get out of our minds. And Paul goes, I'm not doing that. He goes, I keep my eyes on that. I keep my eyes on that finish line, and I'm going to forget what's behind me. I'm not looking around. I'm just going to, I'm straining. He goes, I'm straining forward. I'm like stretching forward for that mark. I'm going to pass this thing. I'm going to live this out, and I'm going to face him. I'm going to come before the judges, and he's going to hand me that trophy. 
He goes, I'm going to get it. And I haven't gotten there yet. He goes, but I, you better believe I'm using every muscle, exerting every bit about me because I'm going to pass that line well. Amen. Um, somebody had shown me that through the week and I could not get that out of my spirit. It just, that, there's, that is a message. Uh, that's Francis Chan. It, it's on YouTube if you just Google Francis Chan and the rope illustration if you want to show it to others. I think every Christian should see that. Or see that illustration. It's sobering, isn't it? It's sobering. See, all of us have got a purpose. All of us, God has given something for us to do. He has equipped us for that something. And all of us have one common mission, and that is to reach the lost. We should not be looking around and seeing empty seats in here. I was just in the office, so I hadn't planned to go this way, but I'm going by the Holy Ghost. I was in the office, I was looking through things, and as an incoming pastor, just getting a feel for the church and things, and... Um, I tell you, there's very few new people that have been added to this house in a whole year. Now, people and Christians in another church are not going to bring them here because they will win people and take them to their house of fellowship. This is our family. Amen. And during the week, God spoke and he says he's about to bring men in here. Well, I tell you, men are going to come in by different ways. Different ways, but I believe they're going to come in by men. Others are going to come. We know kids are going to come, youth, women. We've got to reach. We've got to reach them. And that is why Satan just wants to, for us to just aimlessly go from day to day. We're so busy making a living, we're so busy doing this, doing that. Maybe we're so busy in the kingdom, just working in the kingdom. Work, 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 work. And we're forgetting about the harvest. We're forgetting about the loss. We're forgetting about somebody in work says, you know, I'm not feeling good today. Okay, you not? Oh, that's too bad. Pray. When they say that, you say, can I pray for you? If, the, if you sense their... They're not ready for that. Say, you know, would you mind if I prayed about that at home? Or, but let them know. If you don't pray in the spot, let them know that you're going to pray. Let the people that you're in work with, the people you're in college with, wherever you know, wherever you are, and schools, collecting kids from schools, the playgrounds. Let people know that you're someone who loves and trusts the Lord, that you are someone who has the answer. Let them know. And when a crisis comes, they'll know who to turn to. They'll know. I experienced that in work when I was working as an occupational therapist. The girls in the office, I tell you, sometimes they didn't want to know. They didn't want to know what stood for. And, you know, you have to be careful not just to preach in people's face. You take that stand, and when you get the opportunity, you tell people about the love of God. And they all knew what I stand for. But I tell you, when crises hit, you know the person they wanted to be with? They wanted to tell me, you be that person. 
That, no, that, that's just for everybody. You be that person. And let's see, who believes that we can start seeing these chairs? We, not, we don't want just people. We could put dummies in chairs. We don't want just chairs filled for the sake of it. We want people's lives changed. Imagine sitting there and somebody sitting beside you and you know you've had a direct impact on that person who's now standing beside you worshipping in church. That is affecting eternity. And that is fruit to your account. And that is so much more than how much money we make, what, how good we are at sports, how clever we are, how well we can clean our house. It is so much more. And I think that's some of what that video is communicating. So faith, the message is, faith does not limit God. So we've talked before, 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says, we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. And the Passion, Passion Translation talks if, about that this way, and we're reading verses 7 to 9. For we live by faith, not by what we see with our eyes, because from our heart, vision comes from our from our heart, from our innermost being, it's vision. Not natural sight, which we, we were exploring last week. We live, verse 8, with a joyful confidence, yet at the same time we take delight in the thought of leaving our bodies behind and being with our Lord. Verse 9, so whether we live or die, we make it our life's passion to live our lives pleasing to him. And as we've explored and seen before, only faith pleases him. Amen. So look, last week we looked at Abraham believed God and we read, actually we'll read again. Let's turn to Romans in chapter 4. He believed God and we saw that it was accounted to him, credited to him for righteousness. So it's Romans chapter 4 and verse 19 down to 22. I'm reading from the New King James. Talking about Abraham, it says, And not being weak in faith, Abraham did not consider his own body already dead, since he was already about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's, Sarah's womb. So he was looking at a dead situation, right? It was gone. There seemed to be no hope. But he did not waver at the promise of God because God promised him a son. He didn't waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. We've looked, how do we become strengthened in faith? It's reading this word. It's getting to know this word because when you get to know this word, you're getting to know the Lord. You're getting to know God. It's relationship. It's not knowing this word to quote it and be able to say, I can quote all this word. It's relationship. It's like, I want to be in this word. I need a fresh ream from you. You know, I got up yesterday morning and I was a bit tired. And I said, God, I just need a fresh word from you today. And he gave me that fresh word to encourage. And that's a relationship. I talk to him. He talks to me. Amen. Verse 21, and being fully convinced that what he, God had promised, he was also able to perform. 
So whatever God has promised in his word, he is more than able to perform it. Whatever rhema word he said to you, if he's told you to believe for something, he is more than able to bring that to pass. Amen? If he's told you something about your family and whether it looks really impossible right now and you, you don't see that ever changing or that person ever changing, it does not matter. Faith believes the word. Faith believes what God says. God wants to be trusted. Amen? So verse 22 then it says, Therefore, because Abraham believed, it was accounted to him for righteousness. It was credited to him, credited to him for righteousness. Hallelujah. So I'm saying again, what are you believing for today? What are you dreaming of? What do you have vision for? Have you, have you had a dream and maybe you've let that go because time has passed? You know, Satan is the biggest dream stealer. And he uses disappointments and disillusionment and maybe people have come into your life and, you know, uh, they've hindered, or you've seen that they've hindered, whatever. He can set up so many things to knock us off course. But we're to be people of the word. We're not to allow anything to steal what God has spoken to our hearts. What, what has God promised you? You know, you need to make a list of things, things that you're hoping for, things that you're believing for, couple of weeks ago, what are you believing for? I challenged you by the Holy Ghost. What are you believing for? It's not one thing. It's a number of things. What are you believing for? Hallelujah. And as I said earlier, all of us should be believing for salvations, for sowing seed, for harvest. Amen? All of us. But what else? Personally, what are you believing for? And are you fully convinced, like Abraham was, that what God has promised, he is able to perform? What God has promised, he is able to perform. I don't care how the devil has tried to wear you down. What God has promised you, he is able to perform. Whatever the dream is, you may be thinking, oh, my dream is so big, it's so way out there. If God gave you that dream, what he has said, he's able to perform. Do you trust him? Are you following his word? Are you living in this word? It doesn't have to be even a lot every day, but it has to be something. It has to be something every day. Because it's a living relationship with the Lord. As a church, what are we dreaming of? What does God have? What's our next step? Because together we take it. Together as a church, we take it. Amen? The vision that he's given to this house. Second Corinthians 4 and verse 18. Second Corinthians 4 verse 18 says that while we do not look at the things which are seen, this is Paul speaking, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen, they're temporary. This life here, it's temporary. It's a slither of time. It's just a little red part of that long, long rope. It's just blink and it's gone. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Eternal. Hallelujah. 
we've already stepped into eternity. Amen? We're eternal beings. We're, etern- we're just passing through. We've, we've been sent here in a mission. Amen? We will live with the Lord forever. Why has God put you here? What is he requiring of your life? Another trap, just Holy Ghost bringing that up, another trap is people look around and they go, well, so-and-so's a bit like this, and this is the way God uses this person, so maybe he wants to use me the same, and we try and fit ourselves into the way somebody else does something. Chris worship leads this way. I love the way Chris worship leads. I'm going to try and worship lead like Chris. I can't worship lead like Chris. Because I'm Karen, I'm not Chris. Somebody's all smiles and they're great welcoming the doors. And, you know, you're maybe a steward also in the doors. But you, you just don't have such a big a smile and, and that same personality. Be yourself. Just be yourself. But it's still important to smile if you're welcome on the doors. But be yourself. Because when we find ourselves in God, we know who we are in Christ and we are comfortable in who we are. And here's another thing. Let's accept one another. Accept one another. I'm not like my father. There's a lot of me like him, but I'm not exactly like him. You don't get Pastor Nabi here in me. I'm Karen Ashworth. We accept one another. Amen? Even if we're functioning in similar roles, even if we're deacons serving together, I tell you, every one of those deacons will be different. Let's give room to one another to be their self, to express themselves as they can, but as unto the Lord. Let love flow. Hallelujah. So God puts vision in our heart, and he gives the desires, and you know, it's a good thing to write the vision. I know the scripture is so well known in this house. Habakkuk 2.2, 2, write the vision. Write it down and make it plain. Write the vision, write it down, make it plain. Hallelujah. So, um, and you know, when you're writing it down, don't, like a real true vision from God, that's why when circumstances come and you go, well, this ever change can this ever be oh god you've asked me to do this are you sure me do that because if it's a real vision from god it's going to be it's going to be god-sized and not karen-sized it's going to be something that's going to stretch your faith god's into stretching us he wants us to be able to flow in the fullest capacity that he has made and made us to be. The fullest capacity. And you know, I want to be able to flow in the fullest capacity that I can for him. I don't want to be restricted in any way. And there's nothing to restrict any of us. There is no limits on our life because God is not a limiting God. He is a God without limits. Hallelujah. But it's our faith helps us take those faith steps and stretches us out. So write down the desires of your heart. If you haven't done that, like I have a book, a vision book, and um, I have all those things written down, and as new things come up, I'll add them into my book, I'll date them, 
when I've asked the Lord for things, I'll date it so that I see them fulfilled. I'm able to tick off, tick off. Oh, I'm still believing, waiting for that to happen, you know. Um, so have it committed to paper. Date it when God gives it to you. And your vision is something that just keeps coming back. It won't go away. It keeps coming back. You know, you may have dropped it for a year, two years, three years. But I tell you, in here under the anointed word, I just believe that God will just resurface some things if they've been hidden and dug down or buried. Because a vision will not go away. Hallelujah. Thoughts just keep coming back to you. Desires just keep, you just can't. You know, that desire comes up. Oh, you're trying to sit on it. No, no, I'm not ready. No, 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 no. But uh, here it comes again. Oh, you know. Anybody been there? Desire. Desire. Because God gives you and he leads you by desires that he's put in your heart. You know, perhaps that is to go and um, go back, pick up a dream, as we've said. It could be to go start a a business. It could be... um, Get a new job. It could be change career. It could be start a ministry. You know, within this house, there's all of us, uh, and all of us make up Bangor Community Church. You know, I believe that the vision of this house will encompass visions that you're all carrying if God has truly planted you in this house. God is not a schizophrenic God. He's not going to send somebody in here and plant them in here with a vision that doesn't flow with this house. If you've got a vision that doesn't flow with this house, then let's sit down and talk. (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll give you a few pointers as to why that would be, because it shouldn't be if he's planted you here. Amen? So there should be plenty of room for all of us to accomplish what God has given to our hearts. Hallelujah. Maybe it's, you know, you've just, you just want to clear your diary and you're, you know, you've got so many weeks off in, in the year and so you're saying, oh, I'm going to take one or two of those weeks and I'm going to sow my time into missions. Or maybe you say you're not able to go to missions or that's not what God's leading you to do, but you, God's going to put you in heart and you're going to finance somebody in here or somewhere else to go and missions or just do something in ministry. You understand? Find what the things are. Write them down, date them, and commit them to prayer, and then start thanking God for Hallelujah. Vision is so important for our lives. A spiritual sight. And having the right... I love, you know, singing the song this morning, Who You Say I Am. I am who you say I am. You know, um, if you see yourself like the Israelites saw themselves, like grasshoppers, these little things, and the enemy was, you know, they were big, big giants, and they, but they were just, well, what can I do? I'm a grasshopper. If you see yourself like that, it's going to limit you. That's why God wants us to see what we are in the Word. Because in the Word, there's nothing can limit us. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And we're not to settle for anything. We're to take all the limits off. Hallelujah. It was um, probably last year in Kingdom Harvest, one particular time, God just, it just came out, God, I just want to be trusted. I just want to be trusted. I just want to be trusted. The cry of his heart is, I just want to be trusted. I just want to be believed. I just want to be believed. I just want to be believed. Hallelujah. 
Um, I want us to turn this morning to Numbers in chapter 11. Numbers in chapter 11. This was a time when the children of Israel had come out of Egypt. And, you know, God had been, he's so good to his people. He'd, he'd provided water for them. You know, they'd come up to bitter waters, and those bitter waters were made sweet. He, he provided for them. He provided manna, we're going to read. And we know that, but we'll read that in this passage. Um, he, numbers, did I say Numbers? Numbers chapter 11, starting in verse 4. Now, the mixed multitude who were among them, so there was foreigners among the Israelites, yielded to intense craving. They lusted after the lovely food of Egypt. So the children of Israel also wept again and said, who will give us meat to eat? And those foreigners were with the children of Israel. But it's important that you are careful what company you keep. Because this came in, this discontent came in through these foreigners that were with them. And it infected and infected the children of Israel. And they started to have this intense craving also for meat. Verse 5, we remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt cucumbers and melons and leeks and onions and garlic. But now our whole being is dried up. There is nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. And when they are in the middle of the desert, they are in desert circumstances, right? Dry circumstances. However, God had supplied water and he had supplied the manna. Verse 7 Now the manna was like coriander seed in its color, the color of dillium. And the people went about and gathered it, and they ground it in millstones, or they beat it into the mortar, and they cooked it in pans and made cakes of it. And its taste was like the taste of pastry prepared with oil. And when the dew fell on the camp in the night, the manna fell on it. Then Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families, everyone at the door of his tent, and the anger of the Lord was greatly aroused. Moses also was displeased. So during that time, Moses went and he inquired of the Lord. And, um, you know, verse 14, he says, I'm not able to bear the burden of these people. They're complaining again and so forth. And let's pick up at verse 18. God said, and he told Moses, then you shall say to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. You shall eat meat. In the middle of the desert, you're going to eat meat. For you have wept in the hearing of the Lord, saying, Who will give us meat to eat? For it was well with us in Egypt. Therefore the Lord will give you meat, and you shall eat. You shall eat not one day, not two days, nor five days, nor ten days, nor twenty days, but for a whole month, until it comes out of your nostrils and becomes loathsome to you. Because you have despised the Lord who is among you, and you have wept before him, saying, why did we ever come out of Egypt? You know, we remember the account. They were in Egypt. They were beaten. Uh, they're, they're, they, they were slaves. Their, their life was misery. They had to go collect the straw. And, you know, they worked from morning to night. It was a horrible life. And yet they wanted to go back to that because of the lust for 
nice food in the desert. And so Moses, verse 21, he said to the Lord, he says, the people who am among, there's 600,000 men on foot, yet you have said, I will give them meat. What they may eat for a whole month, shall flocks and herds be slaughtered for them to provide enough for them? Or shall all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them to provide enough for them? So he, you know, Moses here, God bless him, but he got into reason. What are we going to do? We're going to slaughter all the animals that are with us. We're all going to, the fish going to jump out and, you know, fly across the desert. Well, he's trying to work out. (laughs) I tell you what, pray for your leaders. Pray for your leaders. But here Moses was trying to work out, what are we going to do? How are we going to satisfy these people? You've said you're going to, you're going to give them all meat. How? And God says to Moses, his servant, has the Lord's arm been shortened? Has the Lord's arm been shortened? Now you shall see whether what I will, what I say will happen to you or not. The Amplified Bible says, the Lord said to Moses, is the Lord's hand, his ability or his power limited? Is it limited? Is it short? Is it inadequate? Now you shall see whether my word will come to pass or not. The CEV, the contemporary English version says, the Lord answered, Moses said, I can do anything. Watch and you'll see my words come true, Moses. <laughs> what do you need God to do in your life? What are you believing for? Because he is not limited and we are not limited in him. Faith does not limit God. You know what limits God? Unbelief limits God. And unbelief, God, we looked last week, he calls it the evil heart of unbelief. It's a disrespect not to believe what God says, whether it's a logos, the word, or whether it's a rhema word that we've, God has spoken to our hearts. So God gave them meat. If we look at verse 31 there. Now a wind went out from the Lord, and it brought quail from the sea, and it left them fluttering near the camp about a day's journey on this side, and about a day's journey on the other side, all around the camp, and about two cubits above the surface of the ground. And the people stayed up all that night, all, all day, all night, and all the next day, and they gathered the quail, and he who gathered least gathered ten homers, and they spread them out for themselves all around the camp. So they were not sure that all the meat they could have had. Now, they, it, the, the word goes on to say, after that time the Lord was displeased and they went back to eat manna. How long did they eat manna? Anybody know how long they ate manna? It says they ate manna for 40 years. 
But you know, God didn't plan them to eat manna for 40 years. That was an 11-day journey or something like that. They should have been in the promised land. But because of unbelief, God judged that these ones that have unbelief and their, their carcass is going to fall in the desert. And so for 40 years, they had to eat manna that was intended for just a few days. God's provision for just a few days. A wonderful provision. Some translations call it angel food. If you look at Psalm 78, it says God gave them angel food. Psalm 78, verse 19. I love this rendering. It says, they spoke against God. They said, can God furnish the food for a table in the wilderness? And God says, yes, I can. (laughs) I can do anything. I can do anything. So there's nothing that we can, nothing that we can do to limit God. Or we can limit him, but we're not to limit him. Um, Just as we come to close here, Tommy Barnett, he's the one who, if you heard of the Dream Center, um, the Dream Center in, um, the one in L.A., but Phoenix, the original one was in Phoenix. And, uh, you know, it costs millions, and they, they feed thousands. They take so many off the street. It's a wonderful, wonderful organization and project. He was the founder of that. And um, Brian and I were at a conference in America in January. We met him. And when he was speaking and addressing the, the congregation there, He said, if I could live again, I would have dreamed bigger dreams and taken bigger risks because God always did exceedingly abundantly more. And if you read any autobiographies of any man of God that has done, or woman of God that's done anything for the Lord, their report is the same. Hallelujah. Praise God. So don't let anything steal your dream. Let's have the worship team up, please. Start to dream again, pick it up again. Praise God. He is good. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. We look to God that he will direct your steps and blessings through this week. For more information, visit us at bangercommunitychurch.co.uk or find us on Facebook.